0: Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your loving kindness. And we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we just pray as we look into your word, you will bless it and minister to every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, we'll continue our series looking at discipleship and mission from the book of John. Uh, I'll be... Particularly focusing on John chapter eighteen this morning. Um, John chapter eighteen. I will just read from start reading from verse one. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let this man go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of the man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. And um, I just want to begin to look at this Bible passage from verse one. The Bible says, "When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. One thing I noticed about Jesus throughout his life was that Jesus was very prayerful. Jesus loved praying. He loved to speak with his father. He loved to meet with his father. He loved to have intimacy. He had a good relationship with his father. And as disciples, we cannot play. We cannot do anything without praying. Of course, we are on a lockdown, but our prayer life should not be on a lockdown. So when we read Luke chapter 18 verse 1, the Bible says that then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. As Christians as disciples of Jesus Christ, we ought to pray always. In 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says that we should pray continually without ceasing. Why should we pray every time? James 5:16 says, "The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Because when we pray, prayer releases power. Prayer releases God's boldness and confidence in our lives. And prayer makes us to be effective in our work with God, in what we do, in bringing his kingdom here on earth. So Jesus didn't pray, didn't play with his prayer life. That's the first thing I noticed in that. The second thing was that Jesus encountered a problem. We all go through different circumstances in our lives. You know, sometimes we, we, we go through trouble, we go through tribulation. These people came to arrest Jesus, to detain him. And the Bible says they came to bound him, even with their weapons. They came to attack him. But one of the things that, was ve- that I could see from that scripture, especially when you read uh, verse 2 and 3, was that Jesus Christ had prayed ahead before this happened. I know we are going through a difficult time at this period, but because we are prayerful people, we can intercede on behalf of our nation, on behalf of people. And it was just so good that you will remember a time when Jesus was telling Simon Peter, I think in Luke chapter 22 verse 32, that Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but he said, I have prayed for you, so that your faith may not fail, so that you will not fall into temptation. It appears to me that temptation will come, troubles will come, we'll go through problems and different circumstances in our lives, but you, do you know what? Jesus says when we pray, he, he says we will not fall into temptation. So the first thing I said was the prayer life of Jesus, the second thing was the problem that Jesus faced at this time. The third thing I want to say is that Jesus is a promise keeper. So when you read verse 9, when the people came to arrest him and he said, I'm he, he didn't want them to actually attack the other disciples. You know, he told them in John chapter 17, verse 12, that he was going to protect them. He was going to keep them. When Jesus makes a promise to you, to me, Jesus is a promise keeper. We can see him do that physically. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. He told us to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, and every other thing will be added unto us. When Jesus makes a promise, when Jesus gives us his promise, he fulfills his promises in our lives. The third thing I want us to look at was the fact that Jesus was prophetic. And when you read that same verse 9, 8 and 9, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let this man go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Jesus was a prophet. He knew the mind of God. So he, he could prepare for anything that came along his way. One of the other things I noticed about Jesus was that he was very prophetic. Apart from the fact that he was a prophet, he was very prophetic. Jesus carefully chose all his actions in line with prophecy. His life was not lived instinctively, haphazardly. Being a prophet, being prophetic doesn't just mean that he was telling people about their secrets. But being a prophet or being prophetic... Was that he knew the secrets. He knew the will. He knew the purpose of God. We are prophetic people. Everything Jesus did was prophetic. Even when he went to Jerusalem, it was prophetic. His birth was prophetic. His death was prophetic. His resurrection was prophetic. He wasn't looking at the circumstances because he knew what had been written about him. He was living his life according to to god's predetermined purpose for his life so that was the next thing i talked about jesus was prophetic we are prophetic people the spirit of god is upon us the next thing point i want to make is looking at the life of peter we all knew that peter actually denied jesus one of the things i keep praying for myself is lord jesus i don't want to deny you i want to represent you well i want to be your ambassador I don't want to be ashamed of you. I want to carry your glory, your power. I want to carry your light and shine it wherever you take me to. Every opportunity I have, I want to represent you. And that is a prayer I pray for myself every time. But thank God because Peter actually came back. He repented. And you see, at the end of the day, Peter was was carrying the light of the gospel even in his days. And we can do that too. If you know you've been tempted, if you know you are falling into temptation or you know you have done something where you have denied Jesus, there's a great opportunity for you to come back because Jesus says, come to me. Jesus is going to accept you. Jesus is going to embrace you and welcome you back because he loves you. And you know what he said? He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. So let's make use of that opportunity. The last thing I want to talk about is the place. You know, when he got to Pilate, there was an argument, there there were discussions going on. But when you look at verse 37 and 38, uh, Pilate asked him, You are a king then, aren't you? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I am born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. But when you read verse 36, Jesus said, The kingdom, my kingdom, is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you know what he said? He said, my kingdom is not of this place. Jesus knew that his kingdom is not of this world. He was kingdom orientated. And that's why one of the first things he said to his disciples, and I believe Jesus is saying to all of us, is that we should seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And every other thing will be added unto us. Jesus was kingdom orientated. And that should be our prayer. Saying that, let God, Lord God, let your kingdom come here on earth. Let your will be done. That should be our prayer. That should be something we should be focusing on every time. And there's an opportunity for us to do that in the next few weeks, in the next few days, where we gather together as a church with some other churches, and we are praying together, and we are seeking the face of God and say, God, let your kingdom come here on earth. I want to see your goodness. I want to see, God, your love. I want to see your grace. I want to see the light of the gospel, the good news shining forth in our nation, in our land. We want to see your grace. We want to see your peace here on earth. We want to see healing That's something we can pray for. And you can say, Lord God, I want to represent you in that. I want you to use me to make that happen. Let me just go through the six points of our discussion this morning. The first thing I said was that Jesus was prayerful. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to be prayerful. The second thing is just that, just just for the fact that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, doesn't mean that we are not going to go through uh, problems, troubles, persecutions or even different circumstances that are not favorable to to us like for jesus he was arrested okay they came to attack him with weapons but he overcame because he came from the place of prayer that's the second point problem the third point was that he was a promise keeper he told his disciples that he was going to keep them he was going to protect them and so when they came to arrest him he said leave these people alone And Jesus is a good promise keeper. Every of his promise over your life, over my life, will be fulfilled in Jesus' name. The next thing I talked about was that Jesus was prophetic. We are prophetic people. Jesus aligned in life according to what has been said about him. He knew the secrets of God. He knew the will of God. And he knew the purpose of God for his life. The next thing I looked at was Peter. That Peter denied Jesus. We should all be praying about that. That Jesus, I want to represent you well. I don't want to deny you. I want to represent you. I want to be a good ambassador of yours. And the last thing I talked about was the place. That Jesus Christ was kingdom orientated. No wonder that was what he said to us. That we should seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. And all these other things to be added unto us. He was telling us that here on earth, that uh, everything that is here on earth in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, they belong unto this world. They do not belong to the Father. So that's the reason why we can set our affection and our minds on things above. And we can say, Lord God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That's our prayer this morning, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen.